Ponderings from the Perch, the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur. My name is Dan Ledbetter, and with me, as always, the lovely and talented, uh, probably getting ready to run onto another airplane, Priscilla McKinney. How are you, Priscilla? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. You know, I have recurring nightmares about how I can't find my passport, or the flight's already left. And in oh, fact, I had another one last night. I, you know, for as much as I've traveled, especially growing up, right, you would think that I have this thing licked. Yeah, right? But it's I, like it's like setting your alarm clock and then waking up every hour because you're afraid you're going to miss the alarm clock. God, I, I you know, I see some people in the airport and they're just relaxed as can be and I just want to go punch them in the face. I, I know. <laughs> it's like I want to know what doctors prescribing value to them. Seriously. And I'm totally addicted to to the spas in the oh, airports. Right, right. <laughs> because I have to do anything I can do to just relax in the but, airport. But, but see, that would be an acceptable excuse for why you missed your flight, because you were like in the middle of a pedicure and a uh, seaweed wrap or something. Oh my gosh, I have missed a flight being in the Admirals Club, and oh, which I you? just highly recommend membership to the Admirals Club, just saying. Wow. I know it's one of those luxuries, but for me, it's just, it's one of those luxuries I walk in with gratitude every time, you know, wow. yeah. but Beck laughs about it all the time. We were coming back from El Salvador together, and it was just me and Beck. And we got talking to a couple who, in retirement, were basically going all over the world. And I just kept asking them questions, and Beck was asking them questions. And I thought it was just such a really meaningful conversation for Beck at his age. He was nine at the time to be listening to these people like, this is why we're going here, and this is what we want to see. And just and they were just so engaging. You know, they obviously had grandkids, and they were engaging with him. And literally, we missed our flight. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, it has been done. Yeah, okay. All right, been there and done that. Well, tell me this. How, I mean, are you? This is like, are we in the middle of your busy travels? Is this a start? Is there like any end in sight or, or where are we? <laughs> yes, there's end in sight. I have a vacation plan at the end of the year, so I'm going on that. <laughs> awesome. That's your exit uh, strategy. <laughs> it is my exit strategy. I like that. You know what? That's what I should name my next boat. Oh, you totally should. I don't know. That just came to me. Thank there you. you that was a gift you gave me. I, exit you know, strategy. Uh, That's great. Uh, even even a pig finds a truffle, so please. Uh, <laughs> Although I one. hope that doesn't mean like exit, like just kill me now. <laughs> oh, good lord! <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you might want to clarify, like in parentheses right. under the name. Right. No, it does not mean kill me now. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I'm right in the middle of it. Actually, I've just come back from San Francisco, and right before that, I was in New York. But in New York, I was speaking at Insights Marketing Day for Green Book, a big market researcher consortium. Like oh, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, they, they, they're they pretty famous for the GRIT report. They deal with all the qualitative and quantitative market research. So right. um, I also got to meet a couple of really interesting people there, people I don't typically uh, talk with because I don't typically have clients who have a budget for focus groups, you know, market research, packaging discovery sessions and things like this. So I don't in usually talk to these people, but um, I had so many great conversations um, there and I was presenting. And so I got a lot of interesting questions back because they're market researchers, but they're not marketers. Oh. So they had me come because I'm a marketer and all of them either work for a company or own companies. Like a lot of them are some some are solopreneurs, but then there are a lot of like small shops. Right. 
And then there's the big guys that are there. But a lot of them are very good at what they do in market research, but they're not good at marketing themselves. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I was asked to come specifically to talk about where the future of marketing is going and, and what, and, and specifically could I highlight more of the future of social media and how does that play into platform building and so they asked me a lot of really interesting things. So I put together a, a talk on the future of social media for them and really it, it, you know, it pushes beyond the future of social media and it really ends up talking about The future of marketing, which I've also blogged about recently back in September. There's I I blogged something about which is funny because we called the blog title gaze into the marketing crystal ball. (laughs) That's a good title. (laughs) Yeah, because everybody's always trying to ask me what's next, what's up, what's trending, what's bad, what's what should I get into? What should I not? All these kinds of things. But there are tried and true principles about what's happening. And it is difficult, I understand, for people to figure out what should they be doing right now? How should they be focusing their primary efforts into attracting customers that are actually interested in what they're offering, et cetera, et cetera. So those are the kinds of questions that they've been asking me. Tell me this. Obviously, you've been going out and you've been speaking to a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. And uh, what is it that that you're bringing them? Or what are you talking about? Like what specifically, I know you just said, you know, like the social media aspect, but is that is that really the primary thrust of what you're speaking about? Or give me the rundown, I guess is what I'm asking. Okay. Well, even before that, like I was at um, Oklahoma University, OU, they asked me to come speak at Tulsa Tech, which is a yearly conference on tech. And so, I mean, it's like nerd central, right? Right. And out of, it's like a massive number of breakout sessions, I think like 92 breakout sessions for the day or something like that. Wow. Yeah. And I was one of only eight women out of 92 speakers. So there you go. Really? (laughs) Yes. And of course, a lot of them are on tech. A lot of them are talking about web platforms, web languages, you know, um, programming languages and app building and geofencing and all these kind of technical applications. But at the end of the day, again, marketing is ubiquitous. I mean, that's great if you're going to be a coder, but who's going to come find you if you're a coder? And if you're coding an amazing app, well, how are you going to sell that app? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Good point. It all comes back to marketing. (laughs) (laughs) So you asked what specifically, and this is, this is interesting because I don't think it matters what topic I'm talking about. I think what happens is I'm always being asked to clear the smoke and get just kind of maybe give a little validation to people about why they're confused about marketing and that they're not weird because they're confused (laughs) about marketing. Right. You know, we are talking to businesses every day. I mean, and from, a solopreneur to, you know, a regular entrepreneur, a small business owner, even a very successful small business owner who's barking up the tree of a mid-sized company to VPs of marketing, their marketing directors that they have an entire department, all the way up to C-level executives. I'm having all those conversations in that wide range. And guess what? They are all saying the same thing. They're all saying to me, marketing is broken. And they usually start by telling me how traditional marketing is broken. Mm. Like they used to do this. I used to have a lot of ads on TV and I keep spending, I'm still spending the same amount and now it's not working. It used to work. Or I used to spend money on radio, but that doesn't work anymore. You know, it's like, so they usually start with these conversations or they'll say things like, and I'm using air quotes. Can I use air quotes? You can. (laughs) Okay. Since we're a podcast, just uh, you, you can just say air quote, quote. Air quote. 
Air quote. <laughs> They're saying, I'm sick and tired of spending my marketing money on things that aren't yielding results. Or they're saying something like, I'm tired of not really feeling like I have any control over my marketing budget. I don't even know what to spend my marketing budget on. Or I don't know how to really be found by the most ideal client. Like people, even the people who are finding me are not even really a good fit for what we do. And they're just really frustrated, I guess. They're saying words like frustrated, stuck, confused. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm really called in a lot more to really talk to that confusion and try and tap into it and say, okay, let me tell you why you're confused. Right. Because it's confusing. So, it, <laughs> and now let's start at the beginning. What you right. do. <laughs> but you know, people need that kind of validation. Like they feel alone and they feel stupid. They don't want to talk to other people, even in their own industry, about it because they think, well, everybody else knows how to use right. a hashtag to drive engagement. You know, it's like right. no, they don't. People don't. So quit hiding, thinking that everybody else knows more than you do. Because as soon as you really get vulnerable and, and open up to other people, you realize there are a lot of companies, even successful companies who don't know what they're doing in marketing. Well, you know, and that's what I've, I've appreciated about speakers and teachers that understand that and address it so that, like, I'll be sitting there and they'll throw out a word and I'll go, what the hell was that? But and, yeah. and but then they say, well, you know, like, and, I, and I'm like, well, no, I don't know like, but no. I don't want to be the one guy that like raises his hand and go, uh, I'm sorry, could you tell me what a hashtag is? <laughs> right. You know, and, and I love the fact that like people will go, all right, so for those of us, uh, well, they don't even couch it that way, but they say like, so the use of a hashtag is, and then I go, oh, okay, then I can connect it instead of sitting there and assuming or right. the speaker assuming that I know what a hashtag is. Absolutely. And if you look at my website and all the free free resources I give out, you can very quickly see what are the top questions that I'm receiving all the time. Right. Because I take those top questions and instead of addressing them a million times over, I write like a quick reference guide or a big reference guide about something. So if you look on my website, site, you'll see that making the most of the hashtag is a strategic guide, like a quick reference guide that I made because I was constantly being asked. Well, no, I wasn't being asked. People would confess to me that they actually didn't know what a hashtag was, or if they knew what a hashtag was, they just didn't understand why people were using it. What's, oh. why, why is this? You Remember when we used to call it the pound sign? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so they would be reading things going, I, I don't even understand why this is here. What is this doing? You know, and, and just kind of breaking that down and saying, well, if everybody's asking me about this, then this is something that people are either pretending that they know or too embarrassed to ask and, right. you know, right. et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, what's interesting about it is that people have a lot of real confusions about really, really great issues. But what I find is they feel embarrassed about those. So instead, I get asked really dumb questions. Uh-huh. And by that, I mean, like, for example, they'll get on what the hottest topic is. Like if once again, it comes up in the news that Facebook is um, dying, you know, right, right. Ha ha ha. Um, But if that comes up, like once again, in the news, I get asked those questions. And that is just not the right question to ask. And I, I don't mean that it's dumb in the sense of they're dumb for asking it. I'm just like, it makes me angry that those things keep surfacing, because those are not the right things we should be discussing in marketing. So I'll get asked that. Or like, for example, my latest, most fun one that I get a lot. Hey, should my company become a Pokestop? (laughs) 
was just like, you know, I'm not saying that that's not a valid question or there's not a, a, a room where we should be discussing this. But right. certainly when you don't even have a an annual plan or marketing strategy or know who your ideal client is, you've never worked out buyer personas or ideal client personas, you don't even have your actual goals listed down and you don't know how to use the hashtag and you're not actually tracking you know, your um, numbers of clicks and open rates and things like that on your own emails, or in yes. fact, your whole database has not been emailed for since uh, the dawn since of the, time, the bronze age, you know, <laughs> or maybe it was the middle bronze age, but still regardless, right. bronze, nonetheless, <laughs> bronze, nonetheless, exactly. So if we haven't had those discussions, I don't think we should be discussing and clarifying how geofencing works to make your place a Pokestop and right. could that help you drive more business? Those are the kinds of things that surface, but they're not quintessential. They're not in, that important right. to really reaching your business goals. So basically what they're doing is they start hearing something over and over again and think that's going to be the big Band-Aid or fix-all for their lack of business. Right, and it is frustrating because I feel, as an expert in this field, it kind of gets a little frustrated because I feel that the client is not asking the right question. Right. A lot right. of times they're asking me where they should show up and they're asking me which social media platform they should use. Oh. And instead, I wish they were asking me how they should show up and why they must show up. Ah. And so, you know, as a marketing expert, I have a long list of better questions we could be asking. Right. Um, you know, and I wish my clients were asking those of me. And I want to say clients, I think more prospects because my clients are asking the right questions. But and that, that's my job. I'm not trying to push that out on business owners. They don't know. But someone who's going to be a very good fit with us is someone who is going to be willing to let them let me start asking them different questions. Yes. And it's my job to bring them to asking better questions. I would love it even if they say something as simple as traditional marketing is broken. Let's go back to that statement. And then they say, and then we went into social media and we were doing that for a while. It seemed like the getting was good. And then all of a sudden Facebook changes pay to play. We don't really understand what's going on on LinkedIn. And now that's not working either. Mm -hmm. And then they say to me, social media is broken. And I would prefer them just to ask me just simply what's going on. In right. right now. Right. Rather to, than make a make a definitive statement that isn't true. Right. Right. Because I think I can provide them with a little bit of data to show them they're not crazy. You know, what used to work in traditional, what used to be the gold standard is no longer working in a lot of cases. Right. And marketing consumer behavior has shifted. And I think we should be talking about consumer behavior. And that's the thing that I think is so interesting and you, you, we've touched on this on numerous podcasts that there's this, I don't know whether it's this inbred thing that says the familiar, if we keep doing it over and over again, eventually it'll work. Like, you know, pumping mm -hmm. quarters into a slot machine. It's like, if it's not working, then something is wrong. And right. let's look at not what the problem is, but why we're here in the first place. Yeah, and so that I, that's a great segue into this thought, which is what I think is at the crux of what people are asking me and what I feel our industry needs to hear and entrepreneurs and business owners need to hear is that, you know, traditional marketing wasn't working, so they just like, okay, well, let's go to social media right. and let's just keep doing the same thing over there. So they changed the medium 
or they changed the channel, right? Because they thought the channel was broken. Right. But the reality, you know, so like what you're saying, and then it kind of sometimes you have these little blips where it seems like it's starting to work, but they're just, they are still just feeding quarters, right? Because they haven't changed anything but the vehicle at this point. Right. They haven't changed the message. And they actually get fooled into thinking that the only change in consumer behavior was that people moved their eyeballs from the TV to their phone. Right. And it's not an eyeball problem. See, so these companies are saying, oh, if we just move our message to where their eyeballs are, now I'm going to get their attention. Right. (laughs) You know, that's that's really the crux of what I talk about a lot is that. You know, companies are failing to address what's happening from an actual buyer's perspective. This this is the nugget right here, in my opinion. You brought me right to the nugget. All right. Buyers are tired of advertising that is impersonal. They are tired of marketing that interrupts. And we have to realize that consumers now want to discover brands where they want to discover them, when we want to discover them, how we want to discover them, and on the device of our own choosing. And Mm. so this is what I call and what I talk a lot about is a BYOD world. So welcome to the BYOD world. Bring your own device. Right. And that is where the world gets very confusing, in my opinion. And that's, I think, where a lot of marketers are. And I think that's where a lot of business owners are, freelancers, solopreneurs, everybody. They're in that confusion because now everybody's got their own device and they want to be connected with personally and engaged with on a very different level than they used to. You know, we used to watch TV dinners in front of the TV for crying right, out loud. Right. And people aren't doing that. People are actually tuning out old school channels, but they are also tuning out old school approaches. Yes. Right? Agreed. So so we say we really haven't stopped watching TV. Okay. I personally, like we talked about, I've never owned a in my adult life I did as a kid. I've I've already watched so much TV as a kid that I don't need to watch anymore. That's the reality. Right. I think that's probably true for a lot of us. Right. Um, it's not that I'm not you know, I've never had network TV in my home as an adult, right? But I'm watching TV. You know, we were just joking around about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think it's funny, highly inappropriate a lot of times, and I think it's massively hilarious. And it's kind of like another office. Like, there's just the office players, right? You know, we have a Boyle, we have a Peralta, we have, you know. So people, it's not that people aren't watching TV, it's they aren't watching TV in the same way they used to watch TV. Right. I think that's (laughs) I think that's the point. I mean, it, it started occurring to me. I mean, I love marketing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I always enjoy watching how advertisers try to move and adjust to reach the people that are, like you said, sick and tired of advertising. Mm -hmm. I remember when um, when the DVR or TiVo first Mm -hmm. came out and I remember the uproar in the industry like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be the death nail in uh, television advertising because they'll just skip through the commercials and all Mm -hmm. that. And. It never happened, mm-hmm. and it. But it did change. It forced people in the advertising industry to rethink and reinvent how they delivered their product. Right. And, and I think for me, because I'm I'm a media junkie, so it's like if something's <laughs> fun, and it, I know I'm like the perfect test marketing person. You just <laughs> sit me in a room with some peanuts, and I'll I'll tell you everything you want to know. <laughs> uh, 
But I, I think it's so interesting that the more that I watch TV, I realize that I am only interested in watching a commercial that either catches me off guard, makes me laugh, or has a product that I never thought about before. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing I've noticed that I'll speed through whatever. But if something will flash on the screen while I'm fast forwarding, I'll stop and go back and do it. And that, I think, is a a home run for anybody who's advertising on TV. If you can make somebody stop during right. the fast forwarding, mm-hmm. you've, you've got them at least for a few seconds. Right. And, and so that's why I think it is so interesting when we're talking about social media. It's, it's not so much... Uh, the the media that media or medium that you're choosing, it really does boil down to what you've been saying all along is that why are you here and why do I need to show you my product? Right. And, you know, that why is a big thing. That, that, that's just the question that we should be asking, because people say, should it be on Facebook? And I and I would say, well, why do you want to be on Facebook? Right. And here's another question that's even better. Why should I follow your company on Facebook? Would you even follow your company on Facebook? Right. I mean, does that sound interesting to you? Do you think you could actually create a sustainable engagement with me if if, if I met you on Facebook? Right. <laughs> you right. know, and so it's sometimes there's just not a level of honesty there. We're putting stuff out in social media world or in marketing or in the, you know, on our websites or whatever that we personally don't even find meaningful. So what? why would we expect our best prospects to find it meaningful? Right, exactly. It's like, you know, I joke around a lot of times about, and whenever I say this and I joke around about, believe me, here comes a nugget of truth. I'm tired of people asking me to put on their website, since 2011, we've been providing (laughs) blah, blah, blah. Really? (laughs) First of all, nobody cares how long you've been in business unless you've been around for 100 years or unless, you know, I mean, there there has to be a real reason. why. Like, what's the hook? Why I want to know that you've been in business for this long. Right. right. So just doing that for the sake of listing since blah, blah, blah. We just don't know how to start web copy without saying we've been doing this. It's like, oh, my gosh, it's like I was born at a very young age. Right. You know, <laughs> like, please quit writing copy that nobody wants to read. To what degree are you in? And I'm saying this like to a prospect, you know, in your company, to what degree are you going to require that your content be geared toward the consumer? Because that is what consumers are requiring anymore. Yes. And so to me, it's not a question of should I be on TV? Should we buy a billboard? Should we, you know, that those things are all about reach. Those are things about where you're marketed. That, that, that's a different question. Right. But no matter where you show up, how should you show up? Why should you show up? And have you paid attention to consumer behavior? Right. You know, I tell a funny story I think you would appreciate, and I don't want to take the wind out of my sails in my in my um, keynotes, but I do tell a funny story that I actually really enjoy. I get a kick out of it and get a lot of laughs from the audience on it. What what's that? I take them back to 1972. <laughs> <laughs> right there, right there. And I, I ask them to close their eyes, you know. No, no. I Actually, first, I don't ask them to close their eyes because I have these funny slides that bring people back to 1972. Oh, my God. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, I don't want to see what, that. What kind of, are, are they like the acrylic uh, platform fish tank shoes no, or anything see, like I'm that? Gonna no, see, I'm going to tell a Christmas story. So I put, like, you know, 70s Christmas um, oh photos, like, you know, families around the Christmas tree. And there's this one I have of this guy 
um, who's wearing absolute 70s shorts and he's standing in front of a Christmas tree and there's wood paneling on the side of the walls. You know, I mean, it's just so 1970s and so hilarious. And, you know, of course, his shorts don't fit quite right. Right, right. They never did. They never did. And so I then I say, now that now that you can't unsee this, (laughs) now close your eyes. But I bring people back to a memory that a lot a lot of us have, and it's, you know, a lot of people in the audience can relate to it. But, you know, do you remember in, in Christmas morning, we'd wake up and open up our gifts, and I use a funny story about, oh, I've been waiting, you know, as a kid, say you're, I don't know, seven years old, right? And you're just like, oh, I'm ripping this open. Oh, this is exactly what I wanted, the game of operation. Right. You know, and you're like, oh, so exciting. You know, it's like, but you can't play that today. And why can't you play that today? What did the company not include in the box? Oh, that's right. And right there, if you, thanks to YouTube, you can go watch the TV commercial that came out in the 70s. And in prime real estate, on primetime TV, they took up space and they paid for extra marketing to put the words, batteries not included. Right. Right there on (laughs) TV. It's like they were proud of it. Hey, buy this. And boy, will your kids hate you on Christmas morning right, if you right, get exactly. batteries. <laughs> and nothing's open, no, so you nothing, can get this batteries. Is, this is 1972. Nothing's open. Right, you know? right. Wow, so that's true. That's, to me, that's just kind of a quintessential way of helping people understand what I mean by pay attention to consumer behavior. And, you know, that's the crux, you know, of the conversation you should be having before we talk about where we should engage with potential clients. And, you know, to really drive that point home right now, and I still have small children, I buy toys all the time that require batteries and they're all included. And if, if they're not included, which is the rarity anymore, okay, believe me, the toy stores have figured it out. You cannot get to a cash register at a toy store without running a freaking battery gauntlet. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's like this size and that size and super pack. And don't forget the batteries. And I mean, it's even at their the cashiers at the tills. They definitely are paying attention to consumer behavior. And they don't want you to get home from Toys R Us and be like, dang it, why didn't the lady tell me at Toys R Us to get a battery? Right. They don't want right. to have any kind of reaction like that. The The reality is that Consumer behavior has changed. And what I mean by that is they no longer like put up with nonsense. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, they no, that's no longer true. put it's... up with inconvenience. Yes. It's funny to say that, but it is so true because I mean, if I bought something and batteries were not included, I, number one, and I have in the past, I'm totally irked. It's yeah. like, are you freaking kidding me? Mm-hmm. In our podcast about our pop quiz, remember that oh, right, one pop right, quiz right, right. you gave me? Oh, my gosh. I love that episode. That was so that fun. That was fun. We'll do another one. We okay. Will. Well, you asked me about, you know, what company I admire. And I talked about how um, Netflix sold, sold me the Roku. Oh, right. right and right. when I opened up the Roku, it told me that in two and a half, in three minutes, I'd be ready to go. And I thought, no, <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> It was two and a half minutes. You know, they yeah. were only wrong by the fact that it was quicker than they said. Yeah. And I was so impressed and I will forever be loyal because they considered my level of tech ability right, <laughs> relatively right. low. Uh, <laughs> you know, and they sold me a product with all of the design features. Like they, I mean, even the way it was packaged, I could understand what to take out, what to attach, and literally even the instructions, they weren't copy, they were pictures. And just made things, just broke it down very simply. They had thought through the whole process. 
Even more so than Ikea instructions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is Ikea. Oh, my gosh. Ikea instructions. I still end up with, why do I have three more screws? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Let, we, <laughs> we, we, we should do a whole uh, podcast about Ikea. I think. Well, we do have that whole story on Swedish meatballs. Oh, yes. That's true. Ikea, so. <laughs> Which I'll take a sidebar to say that Leighton and I yesterday had our first session. I am finally writing my book. Oh, good for you. Yeah, good and just you. as a little teaser, Swedish Meatballs, our character. <laughs> wow, wow. And I'm sure nobody can figure out how I can put that into marketing, but I, let me assure I, you. <laughs> I'm just, let me just say, I, I'll i put my uh, uh, $5 in the hat for uh, the first copy, autographed. Okay, well, it's going to be 25 so, you know, you might want to make some more money before then. <laughs> apparently. i gotta go. I got to go find more pop bottles to collect. Uh, yeah, apparently. exactly. You have to buy the hard copy because I'll sign it for you. Oh, all right. I'll do that. Then. Okay. Very well, good. before we, you know, we, what did it say? Um, count the chickens before they hatch. All right, yeah. <laughs> Let's just focus on the fact that these kinds of ideas about how consumer behavior has changed is the conversation I truly believe people need to be having. So, so, you know, to go back to the thing, what am I being asked to speak on? I don't really ever want to be a trainer. Like, I don't want to, you know, of course, I do teach LinkedIn um, webinars sometimes, and I've done a lot of those kinds of things. I am good at those things. I, they don't light me up, though, because I like, instead of teaching someone how to do something, I like to teach people how to think about something. And then once they know how to think about something, they can ask themselves effective questions to get the best out of whatever it is they're going to do. And no, I, I agree with you. Yeah. So th I think that's fun. I think people are looking for speakers that are bringing something different to the table instead of like, oh, this is what's happening now. This is what we have to be doing. And think I, I think that I like to help people understand where they fit, not only in the market, but where they fit in time and space. What's going on right now? Right. And how do we have to be thinking about how we show up as companies, as people, as as brands? You know, and that goes all the way from how you show up in the morning to your family to how you show up as your employees, how you show up in meetings with clients, how you actually show up with prospects. And it helps you understand there is a continuity there. You need to be curious. You need to be serving. You need to be good at asking great questions. <laughs> you know? right, right. I think there's there's a lot to be said for that. So that that's probably one of the biggest things that I've been teaching a lot is is teaching people how to make some sense, unconfuse the whole idea of what is happening out there. And that's the first step, I think, is understanding that consumer behavior has changed. And are you appreciating how it's changed? Are you responding to how it's changed? Right. Well, that's been amazing, Priscilla. I mean, just I, I, number one, I don't know how you find time to go speak <laughs> at at other places because uh, you're running eighteen thousand companies and you know doing doing all the stuff that you do and you still carve out time to go speak at uh, at events. Yeah, it is fun though. You get to really meet a lot of interesting people in it, and if you get curious when you meet other people, you really get to learn a lot. That's the truth. That is honestly, that's probably the biggest takeaway that I've that I have in this life is like, if you are curious, you will end up being taught by more people than you ever thought mm -hmm. possible. Yeah. And it doesn't even take very much. It takes really tell me more. Well, right. how, how right. is that? Well, why do you perceive it that way? Or what led you to that conclusion? It's not that hard. 
And people who know way more than I do are just so generous and start just teaching me. They open their mouths and I'm, and I'm just like, wow, I did not see that. I didn't see that coming. I didn't understand it like that. That gives me so much clarity. I mean, it's really is a beautiful gift. Wow. Well, before we wrap up, uh, if people wanted you to come and speak, where can they where can they find you? Do you have like a a, a speaking agent or something like that? Or? Well, right on my website at littlebirdmarketing.com on the homepage is there's a right under my my the picture of me. It says want Priscilla at your next event. Download the speaker packet. So I have an actual oh. speaker packet directly on my website. You can download that and take a look at that. And I have certain keynotes. I do certain, you know, talks in the industry. And then I tailor some. Um, but a lot of times, you know, I will talk about things outside of marketing, too, like company culture. Uh, we have a very unique and fun and thriving culture here. So sometimes I get asked to speak about that. And so it doesn't have to be marketing, but I, I do a lot of speaking to entrepreneurs about, my gosh, what do I do next? <laughs> so if yeah. you are in the world of what to do next, then I can help people take that next step. But just giving people a sense of where we're at, the the concept around the future of marketing, what's what's now and what's coming, do a lot of speaking about that. But yeah, littlebirdmarketing.com, and there's just a button right there for my speaker packet. So, or if you've gone to an event and thought, wow, that speaker was boring, and let me let me suggest somebody new for them next year. Right. <laughs> or right. if you've been to one and thought, man, that was a great event, and I would be a great fit for it, I would I would love connection to somebody. But again, I you know I just want to be able to demystify what's going on and help people feel less stupid right. while they're sitting there quietly feeling stupid. I want to get rid of that feeling. And so I want to really open up the dialogue for people to ask the kinds of questions that I think will really help them at the end of the day. So if that kind of an event is in your future, then yeah, absolutely recommend me. And I, I'd love to see if I can fit that into my travel schedule. Awesome. Yeah. Well, there you are, folks. Uh, just go to the Little Bird Marketing Company website and download the speaker packet and have Priscilla come out to your event. I can attest, having uh, <laughs> been with Priscilla before, it uh, one, it will never be boring. <laughs> and, and number two, you uh, you probably won't end up in jail, but uh, it'd probably be close. <laughs> but, just have that bail bondsman number handy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just keep them at the top of the speed dial and right. you, you should be fine. Well, of course, folks, we'd love to hear your thoughts on what we're talking about currently or what it is you'd like to hear us talk about on Ponderings from the Perch. So once again, thank you, Priscilla, for taking time out of your obviously busy travel schedule for uh, sitting down and talking with us. So for Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast, the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur, this is Dan Ledbetter along with Priscilla McKinney saying, have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.